everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Okay. Um... Welcome to Nightmare on Fear Street. I am speaking first because Trent's having technical difficulties and may or may not be joining us for this movie, um, which I think his internet was just calling BS on this movie, but whatevs. Um, <laughs> we, we are covering Last Night in Soho and we have the amazing Leslie McLean. Leslie, how Hi. are you? I'm doing very well. It is so great to see you. It's so good to see you. Like I, we don't have enough people from my trauma bonds at Lyric. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so it's always like, yay, we survived horror together. And so let's talk about some horror. Yeah, so let's talk about some more horror. Yeah, this is the kind we can take. Up to Um, and including this movie that we're about to talk about. (laughs) uh, Beautiful gowns and beautiful dresses. Mm -hmm. um, Great soundtrack. (laughs) Great soundtrack. Beautiful lighting. Beautiful man. Um, (laughs) So much could have been right, but here we are. Uh, This is continuing our look back at 2021 because we are two drunk people on the internet who realized we didn't talk about last year's movies. And so we have a whole month of last year's movies um, if we did the math right on some of those. (laughs) (laughs) But because this is your first time on our show, Leslie, um, let's get to know you a little bit for our listeners. Sounds good. What what is your favorite scary movie? So I thought about this um, and like, the answer ultimately is that I don't really have a favorite scary movie, but that's not true. I, it depends on like in what context, right? So I would say for my favorite scary movie that actually scares me, uh, Sinister, 100%. Um, I seem to see it. That is a very scary movie, Sheree, and you really need to see it. it. I watched it with my partner and I screamed and he was like, you need to sit on the other side of the bed because I'm honestly afraid for my eardrums. Um, So it is, it is a great, great movie. Uh, Highly recommend if you actually want um, a scare. Uh, My favorite scary movie that I like to watch over and over and over again is probably The Thing. I love the thing. We just, I just made Trent watch it. He'd never seen it because he's rude. Oh. Um, I've covered it for Patreon and it's, it's better every time I revisit it. Um, it's every time. Good. Oh God. It is, it is a classic. And you know, I, I think part of why I, I am a big, like I enjoy John Carpenter, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a pretty big Kurt Russell fan. So Listen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that, I mean, again, it's, it, there aren't a lot of movies that I can watch multiple times in a row. And the thing is one of them. And also apparently last night in Soho. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a mistake. <laughs> I mean, I think this movie was a mistake. But anyway, <laughs> what is your favorite subgenre of horror? Uh, found footage. I love that. Um, my editor-in-chief at Dress Central, the two of you have a similar voice, at least via the internet, because I've never mm-hmm. seen her in person. <laughs> That's <laughs> Kalisha. Um, but she's also very much into fan footage. And so, like, I love that the both of you sound very similar in these earbuds, and you both are also experts I, in that area. Something about it. And I never, you know, I never really 
I got into found footage, I think, a little later because a friend of mine is is very much into found footage, and um, it. I also don't. So I I like to play video games, but I do not like first person. I I don't like it. I it, it I I can't see around me. I can't mm. like I I can't check my. It's just it's so anxiety inducing when it's like it's your. It's just what you can see directly ahead of you and then in your periphery and you have no idea. And then when you're watching it through a camera, like whatever, whatever movie, it's like, I don't know what's around the corner and I hate it. And it's causing me anxiety, which is of course like what makes a great horror movie. But yeah, that's definitely my favorite subgenre. I love it. Um, I just started coming around to it because I'd seen some and then I'd seen some. Um, but like I've been finding bops this year. I did like a whole found footage fest for Dread Central. I was like, some of these are like really quality. And so I've been rethinking things. And so like I, I'm watching the girls. Um, have you seen God Forsaken on YouTube? No. That's an area I have not really explored much is like YouTube horror movies. Listen. Um I don't want to ruin too much, but I will just say it's about a woman who decides not to be dead at her funeral anymore. Oh, okay. All right. Sold. I mean, yeah. it doesn't take much, but I am sold. Listen, I think that you're going to like it. Oh. <laughs> uh, but like, we also ask our first time guests, uh, what is your horror origin story? What got you into all of these like creepy movies? Because even when we work together, we would be trading back and forth scary movie recommendations. So I... I don't know that there was a a moment necessarily because there have been times where I'm like, yeah, when everybody was just like going nuts, it was like when Saw was coming out and Hostel. And I, you know, I will say, I think that Saw, the first one, brilliant movie, mm-hmm. great watch. But, you know, then you have iterations on iterations and... It, the, it became the same as like, oh, the torture porn and like, oh, that's not for me, whatever. But I, I think I've always really enjoyed horror on some level, right? Yes. Loved Goosebumps, loved R.L. Stein. I loved Are You Afraid of the Dark? I loved, I mean, Ernest Scared Stupid. I That <laughs> movie will be cemented in my brain for Ed the Witches. Like all of these movies that as a child, I loved they made me so uncomfortable but like I loved the creepy aspect to them and and I you know I I think I went through a period where I was like oh no I can't do this kind of like gore oh I'm sensitive to this but I do it's I I think watching horror movies with people who also really like horror movies is a great way to like (laughs) at least start like understanding why the why this is like a great genre of storytelling. Um, but I don't know. It's just like life is a little bit scary. And when you can kind of just like bookend a scary thing in like a movie and it's just, it's, it's just a, a perfect little thing. You can start it. You can walk away from it. That's great. I prefer that to the like horrors of the real world. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. I want to know when this ride is going to end. Um, yeah. I don't get that in my everyday life. No, uh, not at all. You, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially this decade. But 
happier times. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> feel free to let us know about anything that you would like us to follow because you're not on social media anymore. But if I am have- actually, so I don't, you're right. I don't want to be perceived. Do not look me up. Um, <laughs> but because... I am happy when my partner is happy. I am actually going to plug my partner's band because they very recently came out with a new EP a couple mm-hmm. months ago. So um, I have, I do have to plug the band Crow Feeder, one word, Crow Feeder. Um, and you can find their new EP, Dirt, on pretty much wherever... Um, wherever music is streaming, but, you know, go to their band camp if you, like, really want to support musicians, of course. Yeah. No, I love that because I I miss live music. I've not been to a concert in, I don't even know how long anymore because, like, again, when I was in Chicago, I was a poor, and so I was mm-hmm. not spending all of these hard-earned quarters to see shows. But happier times. Um <laughs> Let I recently us- went to see Lizzo. It was like my first like arena show. And I was like, I really did spend a lot of money on this and it was worth it. I'm so mad because she's come to Chicago all the time and she was affordable back then. And I could mm-hmm. never go because I had five jobs and all of them mm-hmm. were theater. So I was busy at the nights and weekends. No nights and weekends. You yeah. don't get those. Yeah. And she's justifiably and like <laughs> she deserves um, everything she's doing, but I can never afford to see her show. Um, yeah. yeah. I would have to bring her the flute that pissed people off when they found out what happened <laughs> existed because she used it. I'd have to do that in order to get into the show. And I miss that job apparently. I it's life is not fucking fair, is what I've decided. It's just it's not. not. I hate it. I hate it yeah. here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of things I hate, we are gonna talk about last night in Soho. <laughs> so, uh, like, what are some of your first initial thoughts, feels about this movie, Leslie? <laughs> Um, okay. So I think I, I believe in, I believe in like naming the the strengths first, right? I think that that is a fair thing to do. So, um, you know, great title of a movie. We'll start there. Right. Last right. Night in Soho. I absolutely want to watch this. Um, cinematography on point lighting. Absolutely. Also on point. We already talked about the soundtrack. I, I mean, and not only is the soundtrack good, it's like very, very, very well produced. It's yeah, it's a good time. Um, I think that the acting was good. I really enjoyed yes. the performances. Yes. I mean, Thomas and Mackenzie acted the hell out of that role. Listen, like the actors did everything they damn well could. Um, they they tried to sell me this lemon, and I love them for it because that's what a good actor does. Is they're like, you know what, we're here, and we're gonna do the best fucking thing we can, and maybe get an award for it even when it shouldn't. <laughs> it, it, it really felt like it had all the stuff, right? And it's, I, I, I even think like, for me, one of the big things was like the, the, I would say the first act into the second act, very strong. You're kind of like, oh, you're still intrigued. You're like, okay, like what is, what is going to happen? Where's the turn? And, you know, we'll get to the third act, but like, yeah. This movie is very, very clearly inspired by, um, you know, like Dario Argento, by mm-hmm. like the sort of the Jalo mystery thriller. And honestly, I, I mean, Edgar Wright clearly like knows what he's doing. He is like slapping you across the face with his 
uh, with his Argento references. And I think that was very well done. Mm -hmm. I love that it's all very like, you know, it is very chaotic similarly to how <laughs> like most of it, you know, it's just like thinking about, I, I think in my notes somewhere I wrote like, Ooh, Suspiria lighting and yeah. like, oh, eyes, like <laughs> eyes in the knife. Like, oh, this is like clearly like a nod to Argento. So I love that. I thought that was, you know, well done. I just wish that there was more substance to the story. Listen, listen, because this movie feels like, it feels like when you get a giant puzzle and you're doing it and you're so close to it being finished and then you find out somebody's taking like the pieces that you need to like really finish it. And so you're searching under the table, you're searching like the box, you're like, where are the fucking pieces? Um, because again, like it had all these really cool bits and parts, but like together it just fell. Um, first I, off, <laughs> why yeah. is this movie 56 minutes? Why? For whomst? The first 30, 40 minutes could have been trimmed into like 5, 10. Like, I don't care. I don't care. None of Nothing we saw the first 30, 40 minutes meant anything. We needed to start with her going to this bed sit. Her going, mm, don't like my roommate, new to London. Oh, is this where I'm going to be sleeping? Haunted. That would have been better. And I would have been more engaged. And there's there's that where it's it's like, okay, well, where are we going with this? And I think when you get to the end of the movie, you're just like, I'm not sure how we got here. Like, I don't, okay. Ellie, in the very beginning of the movie, right? When her grandmother's like, listen, you need to listen to me because I am old as shit and I just know more than you do. And Ellie refuses, is like dancing around and is like, oh, ha, ha, I know what I'm doing. Mm. I'm scrappy. I can take them. Like, grandmother's legit. Like, you do not understand. You've been living in what, Cornwall your whole life? Listen. <laughs> Also, another thing about that, because, like, we meet her and her grandmother, and we see her mother's ghost in the mirror, but, like, the mother's ghost isn't really a real, it doesn't, we, we talk about it two more times, but for whomst? I, I know, I, it's like, what is ghost mom doing here? I don't understand, yeah. unless it's, I mean, I'm sure there's this, so I just sort of interpreted that as, like, we're just kind of we are just supposed to know that Ellie has had some kind of mental break at some point since like her mom died when she was seven. And also like her mom clearly had mental health stuff, but like, we're not really talking about that. There's just this sort of, I mean, I, I almost thought that when she started doing the, like going back in time stuff, when the time jump started happening, I thought we would get glimpses into her mother's life. That was kind of where I thought it was going. Because again, you have ghost mom, like visions of her dead mother from the jump. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is the direction we're going. Great. But she tells her, she's so confident, right? I I got this. I am on it. I The city, city ain't got nothing on me. And then she literally cannot like handle night one night one J her roommate jacosta throws a bra at her and she's like i am out <laughs> i can't handle this and i'm like really <laughs> I, I just i i wanted to root for her i really did um i wanted to root for this movie and it just wouldn't let me <laughs> because like again like we just we have all this stuff and it's it's bloated and i don't 
I don't like a bloated movie. If you give me something, I want it to be part of something or for a reason. I don't want to be sitting around thinking about dead mom if dead mom doesn't have anything to do with the story. Um, yeah. Because again, like there are white people go to college all the time and they need psychiatric help. Like we could have done anything and everything to get that to be coming across. Maybe your grandmother and her granddad had that phone conversation. We didn't need dead mom to show up twice and be mentioned once in a span of an hour and 56 minutes, which I will never forgive Edgar Wright for. <laughs> <laughs> like we have this and we have like a Shaun of the Dead N word, and those are two strikes, Edgar. Two strikes. Please look at a third. Um, <laughs> and so I. This movie just sent me. I wanted to like down my phone. It, had I watched it before the day of, I would have been like, can we switch movies? But I didn't because life. Um, <laughs> it happens. And, you know, I, I mean, I can't like, I literally forgot about it the first time I watched this movie. Because <laughs> it's so boring. And I hate calling the movie boring, but this one was just, it, it didn't want to do anything until almost the end. And at the end, it's like, I already know that that's Sandy. I've known that was Sandy for an hour and 15-ish minutes. Like, can we just get to this? And then it's just, <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like Edgar Wright was trying to do like four or five different stories in mm -hmm. one. Number one, the man desperately wants to write a musical. That much is very, very clear. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> that staircase scene. <laughs> why okay why do you wait okay first of all which staircase <laughs> because the one in the middle where sandy like on the first night right when sandy comes into that bar and she walks down the staircase my first thought is like who enters behind this the performance like the act who is coming down the stairs like hey it's just me <laughs> what kind of found space shenanigans were happening in london in the 60s because that's not okay i the staircase that really sent me though was the one where like sandy and her are fighting because at like it's end, at the yeah. end and like he kind of married the past and the present but instead of like making either interesting, it was like a messy coupling of two things that needed to be separate. And she's singing and coming at her with a knife in her younger version, but in the newer version. And I'm just like, just stab a bitch. Can we just not get to the, we are trying to fight. Can we fight and go home? And he's like, no, because we have to make this dramatic. And I'm just like, yeah, why? She's poisoned. She's poisoned and she's also getting stabbed, but like she's getting stabbed by a an elderly woman who like probably you know, isn't as mobile as she once was or agile. <laughs> She's like trying to <laughs> also the house is on fire. I like listen. You're afraid of going out downstairs. <laughs> I mean I can't even talk about John because like that whole character upsets me. Like this poor kid who for some reason feels deeply listen. sorry for Ellie. I don't get it. Like this girl is troubled and like John you are I don't know why you're pursuing her because she seems like a lot I I was worried for John because he's the only black person with lines in this movie yes. and I know that trope um, but they let him live but he also had to be there to serve because we have to be there to serve the white leads when we're invited to these yes, movies that is like that's all I could think about this whole like the whole time I'm watching it I'm like John is literally, I mean, he truly is like the the token black guy mm -hmm. in in this movie, in this whole movie. And the the scene where it's like, you know, after the the third like Chekhov's taxi <laughs> finally kills somebody. <laughs> and and 
Ellie is like running away from a job. I don't understand how she's maintained. Um, Listen. <laughs> and then John comes running. He's like shouting her name. He's like, I saw the lights and I can't. And I was like, from where? Where did from, you come from? From where? Also, she's a fashion girl. Why is she wearing mascara that's not waterproof? This whole fucking movie, she's running around crying and her mascara is everywhere. And I'm just like, she's a fashion girl. I didn't even wear makeup. I know there's waterproof makeup now. Like, if you're going to be running around crying and sweating, fix that. Yeah. Like, put some primer on. Listen, he Edgar Wright had an aesthetic. And maybe him and his costumers just like, we're like, yeah, we need bitches to be running around with like <laughs> circles around their eyes and like okay. tattered hair. <laughs> I had actually taken this out of my notes, but I, you may not have noticed this, but again, I watched this movie three times. So um, <laughs> there's this moment. So this movie, right? We know that one of the, one of the messages it's trying to send. I, I, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty clear, right? Edgar Wright wanted to make a movie that was mocking any nostalgia or romanticizing of era's past. Mm -hmm. That's very, very clear. He's also very clearly sending a message of like, men are dangerous from the jump. He is sending this message. Men are dangerous. Do not trust men. They will, they will trick you and they will sully you and they will maybe kill you. And it felt very much like this is a male director mm-hmm. trying to like do a feminism mm-hmm. and and be very much on the like the side of the woman. But the second night that Ellie goes to like do her little I'm going to go back in time and like be a weird little voyeur. Um, she's in her bedroom and she's getting ready for bed. And there is a shot where she takes off her shirt and it's like cleavage in a bra. And then it's a jump cut to her in a t-shirt, mm-hmm. like not showing anything. And that just like, even again, probably, I actually probably, the, I, my partner and I were talking about this. And the reason we both noticed this was a, we had watched it three times and <laughs> B like, you know, Thomas and Mackenzie's kind of stacked. So I was like, oh, hello. So we noticed it, but it felt very like, why was that shot in there? This this character literally wears like high collared shirts yes. throughout the movie. She's very buttoned up, you know, wearing all, you know, she's very proper and sort of like, no, I'm not going to show you any skin. Mm-hmm. And yet there's this scene and I get that she's in her home and I get that, you know, maybe it's more, she's more comfortable there, but it just felt very like male gaze. Like we're just going to have a shot of her tits, like just right here. It was literally like, we haven't objectified anybody, but we got to see somebody's boobs, even if it's just like the top. Because like Anna Joy Taylor, her sex scenes were very close because she's being abused and she was also running around with like mascara and hair askew. Like I, this was a very... Let's get a traumatized blonde <laughs> on screen the whole fucking two hours. And I, you know what? It's just, it was not a great time. <laughs> I, I like Matt Smith. Yes. His movie choices after Doctor Who, though, do not love me. He's, I don't know what happened. Cause I was like, oh yeah, he's going to go play. He's going to do things. And he was like, I'm going to make some weird Terminators. I'm going to go to this house of the dragons. I'm going to do Lost in so- Last Night in Soho. And I'm like, Matt, why can't we be friends anymore? I don't understand. I mean, he was in, I think his Damon is very good. (laughs) I, 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 I thought his Prince 
Philip was very good. I never but again, saw the crown. I mean, it's fine. I only saw season one and it's okay. That's you know, <laughs> who cares about a monarchy. But like, I in both of these things, he's just a prick. I have not seen him in Doctor Who. I'm like a David Tennant Doctor Who person. Yeah. That's my only point of reference. So I, I haven't seen Matt Smith in something where he's genuinely like, a nice guy and helpful. I've only seen him as this like horrible yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> I, I saw him in Doctor Who and I, I don't know if it was before or around the time of Doctor Who because I came to Doctor Who late, but he also played Christopher Isherwood in like a made for TV British movie about Christopher Isherwood who oh, well, like I'm wrote Cabaret. Yeah. <laughs> no, like they were like, did you know Christopher Isherwood was queer? And it was like, yeah. And they're like, here's a whole movie. I'm like, I'll watch it. But yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, oh I just, I, I want him to do better movies because I love showing up for him, but like also I'm not going to pay the show up for him anymore when he keeps giving me things like this. <laughs> yeah, it was, I don't, okay. So did you get the sense, did you get the sense that Ellie was seeing and like, did you get the sense that she was feeling and experiencing the same things that Sandy was experiencing and feeling or that she was just like observing all of it. It got murky. Cause at first it was like, she can see her. And then all of a sudden it was like, but she is her. And then it was like, where we needed to be for the sake of the script. Cause at one point she's watching her through a mirror while she's talking to like the detective. Yes. And I'm just like, um, so we are not together anymore. I, that's my other thing is like we need to understand our world because like is she is she inhabiting her body like in ghostly visions or is she just a witness because like we have both happening whenever it's convenient and I I, I don't know what's supposed to be and what's not and I I do think that that is sort of a fatal error the fatal error of this movie is that they're not making that more clear right mm -hmm. they 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 are sort of muddying up and and again fine that's dream logic whatever but the way that i saw it at least was that sandy is just sort of living her life mm -hmm. and you know maybe she's i mean she's clearly doing stuff that she doesn't want to do she does say that at the end like this i didn't want any of this i didn't want that mm -hmm. but at the same time she seems to at least know the score whereas ellie has this like very very definite like loss of innocence moment where she's being dragged through those back hallways and it's like oh this is what this is really th this yeah. isn't like she's not gonna go to London and get on a stage even though she's beautiful and fashionable and she can sing and she's got presence and why wouldn't you put her I mean Ellie is like enraptured when she's watching her sing downtown which again I don't get but whatever <laughs> she had Anya Taylor-Joy has a great voice that's fine yes. but like you, it's clear that Ellie is like, oh my God, this woman, she's going places. And then she's there the next night and no, she's not. She's going to be in the chorus line dancing and somebody else is going to be on stage singing. And that's sort of when, you know, the scales fall from Ellie's eyes and she realizes like, oh, actually um, the sixties were swinging for like a whole other reason and not because it was like, you know, breakfast set Tiffany's and all of that other like movie shit that mm -hmm. Ellie thought it was. Yeah. But like Sandy seems to kind of know the score at least. And, you know, not for nothing, but like 
I don't know that you are justified in like serial killing uh, <laughs> dozens and dozens of men simply because you didn't get like the career you wanted. <laughs> that's a thing that's, that's one of the things that's murky. And I think it's one of the things that fails by having men at the helm. And I, I should have seen, I should have looked up who wrote the screenplay because it's giving me big so man did um edgar wright wrote the screenplay <laughs> but but he um it was co-written by i believe her name is christy wilson cairns yes and interesting to note um apparently in like the early stages of writing this uh edgar wright didn't want sandy to have any dialogue excuse you yep and christy <laughs> wilson cairns was like well in order for the audience, like the audience has to care yeah. about Sandy and that's not going to happen if she doesn't say anything. We're past voiceless women. Like we're just, we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> um, I, mm, I'm, and, and, and again, I, I mean, even Sandy's dialogue, it wasn't, it, I don't think that it was necessarily adding anything, right? She wasn't, she wasn't telling a story, but like, Ellie is just like, she is just sleep deprived. She does not sleep. She does not sleep in this movie. No, no, because when she tries to go to sleep, like Sandy and them wake her the fuck up. And I, <laughs> mm, okay, so like one of the things that I feel is failed by Edgar Wright co-writing and then directing this is that like, we have this like really murky idea of what I think is supposed to be like some sort of like feminist revenge story. Because like I'm I'm I feel like he's like, oh yeah, this man is pimping her out and these men are taking advantage of her left and right. And like the fact that I have to like do so much mental gymnastics to get to that for her to be killing them is it's a lot when it could just be so much simpler. Men are gross. It's easier to get that across than what he did here. <laughs> yes. And it it none of this stuff connects, right? Uh, Sandy, once like once the uh so there's like this second loss of innocence when Ellie realizes, oh, actually, it's Sandy who is the uh, landlady, and um, she actually is the one who killed Jack, and uh, also all of these other men that are that were then buried in the walls, and <laughs> and then Sandy poisons Ellie, stabs her friend, mm -hmm. and Ellie is still like, listen. I want you to live. I, I, I am not <laughs> mad. I am not gonna, I'm not gonna kill you. And I'm not gonna help these men, these like ghostly figures. I want you to live. And I'm going to stand here while the, the whole building is burning around me and insist. And I'm like, this woman is in her nineties probably. Right. Really? That's we, we assume. <laughs> And she owns a house in Soho and has lived here for, you know, God knows how long, but she's lived there basically her whole adult life. I'm like, I don't understand how Sandy hasn't lived. Please explain to me. I, okay. So first she off. She seems to be doing fine for herself. First off, I was really mad that Sandy B. Mrs. Collins was so easy to clock. Um mm -hmm. Because again, it's a two-hour movie. Give us some mystery. 
so like when this girl comes back and gets her poison and they have that whole reveal, which is a reveal because we saw it coming. We saw it coming down the runway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just, I... I don't understand. I don't understand because she tells the girl the whole fucking story, and I'm just like, we get it. We don't need. We don't need it again. We we get it. We got it. Um, and then she's like, but also, I was killing these men for the righteous reasons. But I'm gonna just poison you, and I'm gonna go stab your friend real quick. And then, and then, then like when she gets upstairs to the girl, she's like. I'm going to tell you why I did it, because I'm a hero. But now I'm going to let myself burn. And I'm like, so is she a hero? Is she not a hero? What are we doing? Because right now, I don't feel bad for anybody but myself for watching this. It's not It's not clear. And I. It. man, I don't know. It makes me feel like every... <laughs> Back in college when I was in like a creative writing class and it was, I'm like writing a story and I've, you know, the beginning and the middle, you know, again, it's like, it's feeling kind of fleshed out and whatever. And then I realized like, oh, I have, I have like a page limitation and I got to wrap this shit up. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just, there are so many choices that I don't understand. I honestly felt bad for Jocasta. I felt bad for her. I was like, yeah, she's kind of a bitch, but you know what? She didn't deserve to get almost stabbed. Listen, that was severe. I've had shitty roommates too. I haven't stabbed them though. Like, <laughs> I thought about it, but I didn't do it. <laughs> no, and I, it doesn't, like, I also have never encountered anyone, like, who is that cruel to somebody in their, like, college program. Like, that doesn't feel uh, like a real thing that would really happen. It feels junior high. It feels let's bully this new kid who's on scholarship, and the, it's it's another woman character failed in this movie. I'm just gonna say it because yes. movies are like pastels, ladies, feminism. But it's just like we don't know women here. This is this is a man's <laughs> world <laughs> saying I'm trying to be feminist, and I think that's what sends me. I think that's what sends me because like to be fair, I don't know a lot of Edgar Wright's work. I saw Shaun of the Dead, and I saw this. I mean, you know, if it's if it's worth anything, I I have seen Shaun of the Dead as well, which I like. Okay, you know, it's it, it's got some humor to it. I think obviously that, but he also did Scott Pilgrim and he also did Baby Driver, and everybody loved Baby Driver. I honestly like. I was like, oh, it's a, I, it's a guy that drives around, and he's young and he listens to music another one of like listen great soundtrack great soundtrack he loves a soundtrack he loves he a... wants to do a musical and after this just do. give him one so we can stop being held hostage because again oh like the way he tried to like merge things him and the editor i like i just sometimes we just have the scene be the scene we need to be like, but don't forget we have two timelines, especially when neither timeline is juicy. Like, it'd be one thing if one was like really popping, you know, like if they were like really doing the shit in the 60s or today. But no, we're, they're both we're, just confusing. They're confusing. They're meandering. Um, They're not sticking the landing on whatever they think they're doing. Because like, again, I, I feel like Sandy is possibly <laughs> someone I could support if they knew who she was. And if they had like had her commit to a thing, but she was like, the young ingenue, then she was the victim, then she was killing the men and putting them in the floorboards, and then she was Mrs. Collins, and then she was, and I'm just like, just pick a lane, pick a fucking lane for her. 
Yeah. And honestly, that's, that was my note for like, that was my hot take for Edgar Wright for this whole movie was just like, pick a lane, lane. pick a lane for the whole movie. What are you, you're doing way too much here. You're juggling too many themes and you're, you're, you're trying too hard. And that's, you know, and it sucks. It sucks when you like spend almost two hours watching a movie that, you know, had potential, but you're just like, this is just falls flat. I was so mad and sad and had secondhand embarrassment because <laughs> this movie didn't have to go this way. It could have been good. It could have done something because again, all the pieces were there. We had the actors, we had the soundtrack, we had the lighting, we had the costumes, we had the wigs. Um, they were wiggy, but they were of the time and I allowed it. Wiggy. They were wiggy. I was like, these are grandma bumpets, but you know what? It was the 60s. I'm going to let it go. Um, <laughs> we had the locations. Uh, we just, we didn't have a story and we didn't have the characters for these actors because, like, again, it's so boring to see Matt Smith running and be an asshole. Like, what is this through line? What is this drive? Like, because right now it's just like, I'm an asshole. I'm going to pop you in the face. And I'm like, okay, but what else? And it's like, oh, what do you mean, Wales? I'm like, you have fucking Matt Smith. <laughs> Give him something. <laughs> they, re- I mean, truly like underutilized. They had some great names. And, you know, it, it, you can kind of, if you look at this as a story of a young woman who leaves her teeny tiny town to go to the big city and like cannot handle it and is overwhelmed by just trying to the realities of like, quote unquote, trying to make it in the big city. And the, I don't know, I, I, I can't, I cannot embrace the whole like men are bad theme throughout this because it's like, you know what, if you want to be mad at the patriarchy, be mad at the patriarchy, mm-hmm. that's fine. But this idea that like a, every single man is just a creep and out to get you. Obviously, the taxi driver at the beginning was like a, a fucker. We, yeah. you know, hundred percent. But even like Lindsay, like that poor guy that was just, you know, he's just a bar regular yeah. and is just sort of just trying to like. I I don't understand most of that man's lines. <laughs> no, because. And same, because, like, if you want to yes all men, yes all men, because literally all fucking men. But when you have a man leading it, things do not get explored where they need to be fucking explored. And so you have, I I feel like we're supposed to, like, feel sympathetic to these dead men. Because, again, you have a man driving this, and he's made it clear that all the men in London at this time were assholes. Have to get her, she to stab them. But also, we need to avenge their deaths. For whom? Either they're creeps or they're not. Pick up fucking lame, Edgar. Um, <laughs> right. just... you, you have spent the entire movie insisting that, like, these men are bad. This woman was raped. She did none of this of her own volition, which, mm-hmm. like, anti-sex work. Let's just start there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Sandy had absolutely no agency in any of this. And she just, like... She just had to sit there and take it. And it's like, no, she she didn't. And that's, I mean, honestly, again, like you're just taking away this woman's agency. Like you're, you're shaming because as if sex work wasn't a thing in the sixties that people proudly did. It's this, it's again, it's this shit of like Mm -hmm. sex work is always shameful. Mm -hmm. It is always done as a last, last resort or by force. 
it is never chosen. It's never a chosen profession. It's always something that, you know, you, you don't want to ever talk about. You want to like try to get out of as soon as you can. And, and then he flips it and he's like, ah, yes, but then she murdered them. So, you know, righteous, mm-hmm. she, she, she got her revenge and this, and we should feel good about this. And it's like, no, no, no. Like it would have been a better situation had we saw this young woman land in London and go into sex work because she's like, they're not hearing my songs. They're not putting me on stage. And she started killing men because men are fucking evil. And so maybe she is like picking up like the worst of the worst of the bars and the clubs. That would have been more interesting. That would have been a better story. She was making coin because she could buy a whole building in Soho. Listen, listen, I can't get a hotel room in Soho. So like, (laughs) for real, (laughs) like, doing fine for herself whatever it is she's doing this movie is like one of the bajillion reasons why i'm always like we don't need men writing and directing women's stories like this is also the year of blonde which i'm never gonna fucking watch Um, Um, yeah (laughs) i just we because we keep wanting to give men passes but like the two out of the billion that get it right every once in a while is it worth it is it really worth it i i am so far not convinced i just like it it is again you're like you're looking at you're trying to make a movie through a lens that like you don't understand and even the whole like oh don't judge don't don't judge things through a modern lens like don't judge the way like sex work or you know performing or whatever worked in the sixties through a modern lens, but it's just like, again, you know, people were, there were plenty of sex workers in the sixties. It's not like it's, they call it the oldest profession for a reason. Listen, it is, it is still around. And no matter how hard we try and shame the people, people are still giving them their money and we should like let them have a union and let them have rights and let them not be stigmatized when they have to go in and get tested and treated. Because again, men are assholes. Um, and so like, I, that could have been a stronger movie because like, again, we, 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 we glide across so many different things in this two hours. We mm-hmm. glide across so many different things. <laughs> we don't ever like skim the surface of any of it because we're so busy being like heroin chic aesthetic while she's being traumatized. And also you don't see this twist coming, which we all saw coming. Like who mm-hmm. didn't know Mrs. Collins was Sandy? Raise your hand. I, I was fucking mad. I was like, Oh, I, I will say because like this is Diana Rigg and Margaret Nolan's last film. Mm-hmm. Um, I because I, I was looking at the Wikipedia's earlier and they've been around forever. And mm-hmm. I again, this cast could have done so much, and they did what everything they fucking could with what they had. But like my favorite line was Mrs. Collins, um, which is that this is London. Someone has died in every room and every building. Um, <laughs> And it's the truth because the and she says it to like the perfect person because Ellie is so singularly obsessed with this with yeah. her thought of this one woman's supposed death. And like Mrs. Collins is just like aka Sandy is just like, bitch, get over it. Yes, like move <laughs> on, let it go. Why are you so singularly obsessed with this one woman's death? It's because you haven't had a nap. You need a nap. You need a fucking nap. You need a fucking nap. Because, like, she was just making all these, like, wild choices. And I was like, I know you were sheltered, but damn. 
And again, I if they want to pretend that the three times we talked about the mother slash saw the mother is to prove that she's sensitive or she has a sixth sense. Um, she's she's such an empath. Oh my she's god, such an empath. she sees her dead mom. So like, <laughs> she would see the. She ghost. can just she just knows she just knows what people have gone through and she just feels it so strongly because she's such an empath. Such an empath. Why? <laughs> she's a cancer moon. Um, <laughs> I I just. I was so mad. I'm so mad. But like the ending, the ending also, because like she sees her mom in the mirror for the second time. And then she sees the young version of Sandy and they like kissy kissy in the mirror. And I'm like, so she's just going to go around collecting women who she couldn't save. Is that what we're going to do? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I didn't. It's it. I, I was still stuck. I mean, beyond that, beyond just the like, why is she like, why are these dead women appearing in a mirror um i was too stuck on the fact that like she she was poisoned and surely had like severe smoke inhalation issues yes and she had completely lost it and almost like attacked her roommate or her former roommate, she like goes, goes through all of this stuff. I, what, in the span of maybe a month? Like, how yeah. long was she actually there? And then for her to like completely do a 180 at the end of the movie for her final first year student. And I'm just like, how, how? Also, also John, her boyfriend who got stabbed and then also was breathing in smoke while bleeding out downstairs in the house. Like, why is he audience. still there? Mm-hmm. Why is he, him and the grandma come backstage? And I'm just like, why are y'all still together? She almost got you murdered. What? <laughs> By an old lady. <laughs> Here's another question. He's in the audience. Isn't he also a fashion student? Why isn't he in the back with like Jacasta and all of those other people who presumably had a show? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, as far as I know, they don't do one show a night for the students. Um, I know London's different, but I don't think it's that different. Like, we were all there I mean, together. I want to know what John was working on because, frankly, the jacket that he was uh, pinning to the mannequin, that fabric looked great. And I want to know more about that. His clothes were correct, and he was not being haunted and stealing them from dead women who are also his landlady. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, more power to him. What are the odds that Mrs. Collins still has that dress? I can't listen because again, like she's plagiarizing and we don't talk about that enough. Like where's the point of plagiarists? Um, she was like, I saw these dresses in my dreams that were real. Um, I'm just going to remake those. And I'm like, what are your new thoughts? What's your new spin on it? And it's like, no, I dyed my hair. I, I, I've changed. And it's like, but also honey, these clothes have been done. The pink dress that she ultimately makes. I was like, Really? I've seen that in so many different like <laughs> pastels on so many different red carpets. And I'm just like, it's not even, it's, well, if you're going to have somebody who's like an artist, you need to make sure that the art is good unless you're making a comment on bad art. Because it's like, if you're like, she's a writer, but like, she's writing like really bad poetry and we're like, oh, this is what we're fighting for. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. just, I, oh God. I, yeah, I, I think that ultimately there were, in an, in somebody else's hands, I think this movie could have been truly great. Even even with a different like, even if um, Edgar Wright had nothing to do with the screenplay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe, yeah. maybe leave but, women to work. 
<laughs> um, let them work because like had two women tag team this, maybe some of this would have been fixed. Maybe mm-hmm. some of this would have been clear and maybe like the directing choices that like do not help <laughs> wouldn't stick out so much because like he, he was luxuriating his ass off this whole fucking movie, which is why it's so long. And I kept being so bored. <laughs> um, I can't, I can't come to a movie for vibes anymore. That upsets me. <laughs> yes. I want a, I want a story. I mean, I can, I, I, again, I can turn on my fancy LED lights if I want vibes. Right? No, your lights are giving me everything this movie didn't. Um, it's giving it to me in a quicker amount of time, and it's more entertaining. Um, I was really trying to get the, like, blue and the red to kind of go on and off, but I, you know, I understand that podcasts are not a visual medium, so. <laughs> Only because I won't brush my hair and put on a bra. Um, <laughs> that's my hard one. Oh, that's fair. Oh, God. <laughs> Bras are about as tired as this movie is. Listen, I the patriarchy and bras are weighing me down in my soul today. I to have something positive to say. I like seeing London at two different time periods. That was cute. It was. I again, <laughs> the vibes were on. Yeah, but that like, was about it. It was three vibes in a trench coat, and <laughs> not even a good trench coat. Because Ellie made it. Look. <laughs> Had John made it, it might have been a show. <laughs> God. That, yeah, that trench coat would have been fire. It would have been. He would have given extra pockets. It would have mm-hmm. been like a different cut. <laughs> like, we could have done it. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think at this point, we have absolutely raked this movie over the coals. I Justifiably. I, yes. I, I'm trying to see if there's anything that I, I missed in my notes, but that's. You know, I, I'm just make it all make sense is is my overall take on this. <laughs> I bad movies happen to good people, and this happened to that whole cast mm-hmm. and all those designers. And I hope that they are all somewhere and they've healed and they're like turning out better things um, with different people. Because again, I like I said, I've only seen this and um, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, yeah. So maybe the other movies are the ones where Edgar's exhaling, and like I just. Yeah, because I, yeah, this was not it. And I was rooting for it because I don't do a lot of horror comedy, especially from that era where that came. So I'm like, oh, that's just offensive. Mm -hmm, (laughs) So I was like, this mm -hmm. is not a comedy and it's newer. So we're going to like have some stuff to talk about. And Edgar's like, no, I'm back on my thought shit. And I was like, well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe when he finally gets to do his musical, Mm. maybe that's when he'll really shine. I hope so. Um, Because... (laughs) I, I, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm so tired. I will never forgive that staircase battle where he kept going back and forth between the time zones, not time zones, time periods mm-hmm. and versions of Sandy slash Mrs. Collins and how that was so unnecessary. It was so unnecessary. <laughs> it was, it was ex- an extremely long walk. I, it was like I playing mean, golf in a cute dress. She lived on the third floor. So, you know, that, that, that was a, a, I mean, imagine trying to climb. It was, oh God. I, stylistically, pretty to look at. Substance-wise, uh, not so much. No. Um, yeah, no, it was awful. <laughs> but <laughs> let us get the actual hot takes, because this was an episode of hot takes, as we often do here. Do you have a hot take <laughs> that you've not shared? Oh, God. Not one that I've not shared. I, you know, 
I really, I really fucking hated the the taxi gimmick. I hated most of the gimmicks, but the taxi one was just like, okay, we get it. I, again, this is what happens when people who shouldn't be trying to tell the story, tell the story, they overshoot. It's like, it's like when you see a movie that's supposed to be about racism, but it's written by white people. And mm. they're just like, well, you got to have a center white people and be violent. And it's like, racism is an everyday occurrence. Like aggression Monday yeah. is right there. Like that's more insidious. <laughs> Um, and they're like, no, because I feel good about myself if it don't look like something I'm doing. It's like, well, Edgar, <laughs> that's your first mistake. <laughs> that's your first mistake. Um, foot off the pedal. But yeah, let us. Yeah, I wish he. I I wish I wish he hated sex workers less. Frankly, I'm I'm worried about how he feels about women after this one. I'm not yeah, uh, <laughs> and knowing he didn't want her to speak. <laughs> yeah like you wanted to have a, a dreamy quality but like this is I mean I don't I don't see this movie without Sandy speaking she has to be able to speak because otherwise you have her silently moving around like a little doll and I'm like that's not what we need and um, it says a lot that it's like the 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 woman component of the screenplay writing that was like, no, 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 no. She needs lines. Like she needs dialogue. I, I've yelled it many times, many ways. Um, the best way to be an ally is to shut your mouth and open your wallet. Edgar could have opened his wallet and said nothing and let women mm -hmm. make this movie. Or just and make, yes, make a totally different movie. Yeah. Don't make this movie. No, we could have kept the title and everything, but the script um, and the director, mm -hmm. and it would have been great. Because, like, had you let two women get in here and be like, the patriarchy is really about this, but also, like, let's fix what he's trying to do with sex work, because of why. Uh, we could have had a real movie, and this could have been a real moment, as opposed to me being like, I played myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I... Again, had I not waited till the last minute to watch this movie, there would have been an email thread being like, can we switch movies? I made it 10 minutes <laughs> in and I don't want to. Um, <laughs> well, listen, if you want to watch Sinister, I will happily talk to you about Sinister again if you want to make that <laughs> one of your one of your watches. But I'm also, I I love talking about movies that I hated. I, Same. I think that there is nothing better than roasting a movie, especially a movie where people are like, oh my God, I actually kind of enjoyed this one. But universe, I mean, pretty much across the board, our opinions align with most of the critics. It's like, yeah, a lot of strong points, but the writing was not good. No, and I'm I'm so mad because like, I, I want to say it was the Chainsaw Awards that this won. And I'm like, what were people voting for? What were they voting for? Um, and so I need to go back and see what it won. Because if it's not costumes, I'm really upset. Uh, I'm so upset. It's got to be either costumes or lighting. <laughs> Those two things, yes. I will give it that. Like design, yes. But Cinematography like, was great. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't, it can't, it can't be for screenplay. It can't, or direction, because again, no. like you loving Argento is not a style. You right. need to also <laughs> figure out how you can right. like handle pacing and handle scenes. And like, I just, I, I'm just mad. And I consider talking about how mad I am for two hours. But yeah, then, I mean, it's, it's fine to have inspiration. That's great. Yeah. But, but you, you have, have to, to do, do something. something. <laughs> you gotta do yes. something. You can't be like, I've seen some Jalo. What else? <laughs> Congratulations. Like, right? Yay. You two have shutter. Um, <laughs> my actual my actual hot take is I don't need to see this again and I won't. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't don't make my mistake. I had I just three different times just so just so I can like make sure like I got every last thought in about all of this mess. And I miss it's, it. it's a just a forgettable movie. That is my hot take. Yeah. Is that this movie is forgettable? It's so forgettable. Like the second I close my computer after we're done recording, I want to think of this movie again. Um, <laughs> never. And I'll be like, what movie? Who's 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 a Soho? What? What? Um, I will become the Mariah Carey being like, I don't know her. <laughs> to go to you actually have to go to Soho to like wash all of this out of your yes. memory. Oh <laughs> uh, God, have your own experiences. And I your own last in. nights in Soho. And it'll be juicier. Um, and it'll make yes. sense. There'll be a through line and characters and women <laughs> with agency. Uh, but thank you, Leslie, for joining me for this movie. Uh, <laughs> thank you even, so much for having me. I think it's funny that even Trent's internet was like, no. Oh. <laughs> like, we don't actually need to talk about this. I'm actually right. going to save you some time. And, uh, <laughs> Listen, yeah. His internet was like, you don't want this. I don't want this. Let's just, let's reconvene next week. Um, <laughs> Um, next week, we will be joined by Nelson Diaz-Mercano, who is a playwright who I love. And we were talking about the old ways because it hit Netflix last year and a lot of y'all didn't watch it. And so you're going to watch it and listen to us next week. Ha ha. That's how that works. <laughs> um, <laughs> Theory Trans Internet will be back. And so there will be two of us as we continue looking back at last year, 2021. Also, we have Chucky Mini Cells happening. So if you're not watching those, watch those. They happen live. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central, and then we put them on our main feed so you can listen to them at work when you're paying to work. That's all I know. Trip would say stay fierce, and I would say bye.